This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode 14. In today's show, I'm going to talk about 1-8-Cineol, that little rock star molecule that loves our respiratory system. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you're returning, thanks so much for coming back. I love that you're here with me in your earbuds. My name is Liz Fulcher. I'm your host for the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. And today is September 10th, 2015. So last week, my friend Julie Waltman made the suggestion that I start adding the date to the podcasts to give some framework for sort of the seasons. And it's a good idea. Uh, Julie is a graduate of my aromatherapy certification program. She graduated in the um, spring of 2015. And she's been working with me as my transcriptionist, which is perfect because she understands the language that I'm speaking, the language of aromatherapy and essential oils. And what she does is takes my recordings and types them into transcripts which is simply a, a written out version of what I say in the podcast. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page where the podcast is on my website, you'll see a little icon that says click here. Actually, I just looked at it. It doesn't say click here. It says, love this episode, download the transcript, click here. And you'll see that at the very bottom under the show notes, there'll be a big colorful icon and, um, so you can click that. You get a PDF file of the transcripts. Some people like to print them out and save them and read them later, which I really appreciate. If you are interested in having Julie provide transcription services for you, she is terrific. Julie is very, very professional. She works fast and her rates are really fair. So if you'd like some transcription services, you can write to her at waltman912 at aol.com and I'll put that in your show notes. Julie has actually been a tremendous asset to my business because I used to do the transcripts myself and it takes a lot of time and I'd really much rather be making the podcasts, creating the content and having someone else do the transcripts. So that's called outsourcing. And as you grow your aromatherapy business, I really invite you to start to outsource the things that someone else can do so that you can put your energy and your attention into the things that, A, that only you can do, like creating the content, writing the blog posts, making your blends and your products, or those things that make you money. So you don't want to be spending all your time doing a lot of the back end stuff. Outsource. Fiverr is a good source. Julie does things besides transcription services. So <clears throat> write to Waltman912 at AOL.com. Tell Julie you heard about me on, you heard about her on my podcast and see what she can do to help you grow your aromatherapy business. So one more little bit of housekeeping. I, I don't know if that's the right word. I want to clarify the difference between a transcript and show notes. So when you go to my website and go to the page where the podcast is featured, it's like a blog post, except that at the top I have a link to where you can download and listen to the, the audio, which is me speaking, which you're doing right now. Underneath that audio clip 
is just a little recap of the highlights of the show and specific links and things that, um, so you don't have to write them down as you're listening, links, resources, anything that's mentioned on the show that I want to share with you. Under that, you can click and go get a transcript, which is the verbal, you know, it's verbatim me saying what I'm saying during the podcast. So just to recap, show notes are just an outline of the content of the episode with uh, links to any resources that I mentioned in the podcast. And a transcript is a written copy of every single thing that I've said during the podcast. And that's not good news for Julie because I sometimes say words in Italian and she calls me up and says, what the heck was that word? Okay, let's get started with today's topic, 1-8-Cineal Essential Oils for Respiratory Health. So do you know what I mean when I say a 1-8-Cineal Essential Oil, or you may hear me say a 1-8-Cineal High Essential Oil? What I'm making reference to is one specific molecule that is found in a high quantity in certain essential oils. So let me just step back and and take it back down to a little more basic um, foundation. We know that essential oils are made up of hundreds of natural chemical components. Those components are actually molecules. And that's all essential oil chemistry is, is the study of these molecules and how they give each individual essential oil their therapeutic properties and actions. I think that as professional aromatherapists, it's really important that we understand the chemistry of essential oils. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's really just like learning a new language. You learn what new you learn some new words and what the properties are associated with those words. A lot of it is memorization and with time it really comes very easily. So I, I invite you to to really look at the essential oil chemistry if it's something you feel uh, afraid of. Trust me, once you get even a little bit of essential oil chemistry under your belt, you will be very empowered and your blends will take on a whole new uh, level of efficacy. So, you know, when you study essential oil chemistry, you are really deepening your understanding of the actions of the essential oils so you'll be a better blender. The best way to understand the therapeutic properties and safety of essential oil is to purchase oils that have been tested with a technology uh, called gas chromatography mass spectrometry. And we just, nobody says that if they don't have to. So we just say uh, GCMS testing. And it's that there are, there are actually two components to this technology. So the first is gas chromatography, which shows the individual components of an essential oil. And mass spectrometry identifies the amount of the components. And it shows that in percentages. Now, you may not love science, but I can promise you that once you learn to read these GCMS reports, you will become a total aroma geek. It is inevitable. Um, as I said, it's empowering for you as a health practitioner because you learn incredible details about an oil that you cannot know any other way without the GCMS report. Sometimes I will receive an essential oil or I get a new essential oil that I've never smelled before or I'm not familiar with it and I'll take a whiff and my first thought is, oh my gosh, I have to see the GCMS report. I've got to know more about this oil. And it really is a snapshot of the depth of the essential oil, what it contains. When you have a GCMS report in your hands, even if you have never experienced the essential oil before, even if you haven't even seen the essential oil, if you're just looking at the report, 
you have got a whole lot of information about the oil that you don't even need to smell it to get. So you can see right away shelf life. You can see the chemical components and know, ah, this is relaxing or this is stimulating or this is going to be really, um, has got some safety features. We better really be careful to keep this one heavily diluted or this one's going to be pretty safe or this one will help other essential oils penetrate. All that information can be gleaned just from looking at a GCMS report. I teach a live 365-hour aromatherapy certification program at my school, the Aromatic Wisdom Institute in Pennsylvania. My students go in complete newbies, and they're always afraid of two things when they come into the program. They're afraid of the, the chemistry and the research papers. And by the time they graduate three months later, they are fluent in aroma speak. They are so comfortable with the chemistry. They're speaking to each other in chemical terms. They There's something we do in class I call defend your blend, which means when they make a blend, I ask them to explain why they use the oils that they did. And they are able to come back to me and say things like, well, I used beta-mercine because it was good for pain or beta-caryophylline for pain, or I used 1-8-cineal because it was good to open up the respiratory system, or I used lavender because it's high in acetate, which is good for the central nervous system. This is the kind of language that happens once you've studied um, aromatherapy chemistry. As I said, it's very empowering. You can understand trade journals better. You can um, understand what's happening at conferences. And, you know, because your practice will be grounded in science, it'll give you a lot of credibility as a practitioner. So what all this has to do with today's topic is that there's one particular component that's well known to support the respiratory system, among other things, and that component is called 1,8-cineal. My students know that I refer to 1,8-cineal as a rock star molecule because it has spectacular healing properties. The 1,8-cineal molecule can be found in the family of molecules called oxides. So I'm going to read to you a list of properties that 1,8-cineal essential oils offer. So these are properties that come from this molecule. So if an essential oil has a high percentage of 1,8-cineal in its report, like if you get a GCMS report and you see 1,8-cineal on there in a really like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40%, you can assume that that essential oil is going to have the action of the properties that I'm going to read to you now. So, some of the wonderful properties that 1,8-cineal offer are airborne antimicrobial, so it's going to kill airborne microbes. It's analgesic. It helps reduce pain. Antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, antispasmodic, antiviral, expectorant, mucolytic. Mucolytic means that it thins the mucus so that you are able to expectorate it. So, it has both the mucolytic and the expectorant effect, which is great. So it thins the mucus, but then with the expectorant effect, you can get that stuff out. So do you see now how all those properties of 1,8-cineal would be great to have if you've got respiratory distress, if you've got excess mucus, your sinuses are swollen, if they're infected, if you've got head pain, if you've got coughing, and, you know, they kill bacteria and viruses. And this is all based on scientific research, and I will put the um, my ref scientific references in the show notes. So now let's get down to the fun stuff. I know you want to know by now what are the essential oils that are high in 1,8-cineal, and therefore good choices for respiratory support. So here we go. Cardamom, eucalyptus, 
that both eucalyptus globulus and eucalyptus radiata, helichrysum gymnocephalum, neauli chemotype 18 sineal, rosalina, saro, spike lavender, laurel leaf, ravent sara, rosemary chemotype 18 sineal, melaleuca quinquinervia, and myrtle. That list is not every single essential oil that are high in 1-8-Cineal, but it is a very, it's a pretty comprehensive list, and those are all oils that you should easily find at a good, reputable supplier. And another thing I wanted to mention that the essential oils high in 1-8-Cineal all have in common is they have that camphoraceous aroma that we associate with eucalyptus in particular, that we associate with respiratory helpers. So that's one thing you can expect from all of those oils to a certain degree. The higher the 1-8-Cineal percentage of your oil, the stronger the camphoraceous aroma is going to be. Let's talk about safety now. We love our 1-8-Cineal. It does amazing things for our respiratory system. It is a powerful little molecule, but it does come with some safety issues. I personally always turn to Robert Tisserand's Essential Oil Safety Book, the second edition, for my essential oil safety info. So the information I'm going to give you now comes from that book, and I will put a link to the book in the show notes. I neglected to mention before, I'm also going to write out all those oils for you in their Latin binomial. Okay, so because 1-8-Cineal oils have a strong camphoraceous kind of aroma, they're really not recommended for children under the age of 10. And that's on page 273 of the Robert Tisserand Essential Oil Safety Book. So if keeping 1-8-Cineal oils away from kids until they're 10 seems extreme, I'm going to share with you a little story. I have a student named Jen, and a couple of years ago she was in class and told me that her three-year-old daughter, daughter was then three, had a cold or something. She was congested. And Jen, you know, in her innocent motherness, said, come on, lay down in the bed with me, and we're going to put some eucalyptus in the diffuser, and you come and lay down with me. And she had her little girl lay next to her. And after a couple of minutes, she noticed that her daughter's breathing was becoming more labored. And Jen noticed that the longer her little girl lay there breathing in the eucalyptus, the worse her breathing got until eventually she was suffocating. They had to take her to the ER. Now, this story is not intended to frighten. I never, ever want to frighten you about essential oils. However, we do need to use them responsibly and understand that they're highly concentrated plant medicine. And before you're working with an essential oil, study it, especially if you're using it with children. Get a good essential oil book. Definitely buy the Robert Tisserand Safety Book and find out what you need to know about the oil before you go ahead and use it on, on anyone, yourself included. Also, take care with anyone who has asthma. With asthmatics, Introduce the oil slowly and be sure the aroma relaxes your breathing and doesn't cause any sense of constriction. With asthmatics, it can go either way. It can really help open them up and ease their breathing, or it can actually cause a bit of tightening. So really start with a small amount and um, test it out before you go with a high dosage. If you use these essential oils that are high in 1-8-Cineal on the skin, like, I don't know, let's say in a, in a chest rub, or you want to add it to a little bit of lotion to put in the back and, and the lungs or along the, the throat, please dilute them in a carrier or a lotion. 1-8-Cineal 
essential oils can be irritating to the skin. So please do not use them undiluted neat directly on the skin. So now let's talk about some fun ways that we can use essential oils high in one eight cineal. Personally, my very favorite way is to use those oils in a nasal inhaler. So a nasal inhaler is a little tube with a cotton wick inside and you add the essential oils to the cotton wick and you close up the cap and you stick it up your nose and you inhale it. It's a really great vehicle to get essential oils right into your sinuses and into your throat and your lungs. I will put a link in the show notes to a blog post I wrote on how to make a nasal inhaler. It's so easy. I just love them. Another great way to get respiratory relief with these oils, especially for the sinuses, is to do a steam inhalation. Again, it's super simple. You need hot water, hot enough that it's producing a steam. You can take a kettle, boil the water, and pour a little bit into a bowl. I have been traveling. I've even just filled up the sink with hot water. You just want to have a source of steam and put in one drop of essential oil. You do not need more than one drop two at the most. And while you're hanging your head over the bowl, just take a towel and put it over your head so you kind of make a tent. And that way the steam doesn't escape. Keep your eyes closed. And I find that when I'm doing a steam inhalation like that, I have to stop and blow my nose frequently because it starts loosening up the mucus. I also really like to use the 1-8-Cineal essential oils in a diffuser. So the molecules are going out into the room and I can breathe them while I'm working and going about my day. Now, do keep in mind that essential oils high in 1-8-Cineal tend to be stimulating. They have kind of a dopaminergic, energizing effect on the brain. So they're wonderful to use during the day. But I would not put a lot of them in my diffuser and get yourself ready for bed because you may find that it keeps you awake. Another thing you can do if you're concerned about being overstimulated by the 1-8-Cineal oils, just go ahead and add some nice calming oils. Frankincense is great for the respiratory system for the lungs. Lavender is great for calming things down. You can add some of those in to support your blend and also to help uh, keep your nervous system a little bit calmed down. So I have a super simple chest rub recipe that I'd like to share with you. I call it Respiratory Relief Chest Rub. And it's simply one ounce of jojoba oil, eight drops of eucalyptus, four drops of tea tree for disinfecting, three drops of rosemary chemotype 1-8-cineal, and three drops of lemon. This would be a daytime chest rub. And it's designed to boost your immunity, but also to help keep the sinuses open, keep the lungs open, and also to help liquefy that mucolip, the mucus that builds up in your nose so you can blow your nose and get everything out. So there you have it, all kinds of information on the molecule 1-8-Cineal and the essential oils high in 1-8-Cineal. I hope this has been helpful and it offers you some kind of respiratory support and enhancement for your blends and for your practice. If you have any questions, you can always email me, liz at aromaticwisdom.com. And now we're moving into that segment called Smell My Life. If you're new to the Aromatic Wisdom podcast, the Smell My Life segment is where I share a real life example of how I've used essential oils or aromatherapy in um, the previous week. So... This one's fun. I am at a conference at the Alliance of International Aromatherapists Conference in Denver, and I knew that I would have a long flight. I live in Pennsylvania. The conference is in Colorado, so it was a long time in the air. And in anticipation of the trip, 
I made myself a nasal inhaler for the airplane. I find this to be an important part of air travel because think about it. For hours you're sitting in this little confined space with recycled air, breathing everybody else's air and whatever they're breathing out, you're breathing it in. So I make myself an inhaler and I have used it throughout the trip. It's great on the airplane. And every once in a while, you might even sit near someone who does not smell the best. So you just get out your little inhaler. But it's really great to keep your immunity boosted while you're traveling. It helps to keep my nose and my head clear. And as I said, keeps my immunity up. And again, check out the show notes for that blog post on how to make a nasal inhaler. Because in that post, I share the recipe that I put in my nasal inhaler for my trip to Colorado. Now, uh, let's do an Ask Liz. This is towards the end of the of the uh, podcast. I always like to answer a question that someone writes to me, and I call this Ask Liz Aromatherapy Q&A. This week's question was sent to me by a young lady named Alexandra Nicholas, and Alexandra writes, Hi, I'm loving your podcast. Thanks so much. One question I have is in regards to your second podcast, which stated that essential oils and water should not be used as a body spray. I find that people people often do this, though. It's essentially water with essential oil, right? How do you make a simple body spray? So, indeed, the, the podcast episode that uh, Alexandra was referring to is aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash zero zero two. It was the second podcast I ever did, and it was on blending guidelines uh, for making aromatherapy products. And yes, in that podcast, I did say, don't make a body spray with essential oils and water and nothing else. And there's a very specific reason that I make this recommendation. So two things to keep in mind are this. Number one, we don't like to use essential oils directly on the skin for fear of developing sensitization, right? So number two, water and oils don't mix. So what that means is that when you spray a mixture of water and essential oils on your skin, you're getting blobs of essential oil directly on your skin and you could experience irritation, or if you do it often enough, you could have eventual sensitization, which is also known as contact dermatitis. So you want to put something into the body spray to be sure to make a dispersant. So the essential oils and the water become one solution, and there is not a separation. What I do is very unscientific. I add a blob of aloe vera gel in the bottle to help disperse the essential oils. So now the product becomes a uniform solution. And then you can just spray to your heart's content. So by a blob, I mean, I don't know, let's say you have a two ounce spray bottle. I would put in maybe two tablespoons of aloe vera gel. Aloe vera gel does have a short shelf life. I mean, like a year. So you don't want to keep this in a really hot spot. But two ounces, four ounces, they'd probably be used up pretty quickly anyway. So I hope that that uh, helps answer your question, Alexandra. Thank you so much for writing. If you would like to write to me, send me an email, liz at aromaticwisdom. Nope, that's not right. Liz at aromaticwisdom.com and put Ask Liz in the subject line and then send me your question and maybe I'll read it on the air. Well, my friends, that is it for episode 14 of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate your listening. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe in iTunes and leave me a review, a review that's full of love. That way more people listen to the show. Next week, I'm going to continue with this September theme of respiratory health and allergies, and I'm going to do a podcast on, you ready? Hydrosols. Everybody's been writing to me 
please talk about hydrosols. I love hydrosols. I do distill them and I do a class on hydrosols and they're quite the, the big thing right now. So I'm going to do a podcast on hydrosols that support you, your allergies to help clear your sinuses for allergies. It is a goodie, so don't miss it. Until next time, be well, be happy. Bye-bye.
Oh, 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 oh,